Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus. You are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and a very special guest all the way from Miami, Florida, by way of Charlotte, North Kakalaka. He is a former NFL football player. He is a current top producing mortgage loan originator. He represents Movement Mortgage. He is my friend, Austin P. Duke. <laughs> Austin, welcome to the Lone Officer Podcast. Hey, that was probably the best intro that I've ever had. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Man, the energy all and those college football games, high school homecoming. That was the best. That was the best. Yeah, could you put emphasis on the Austin P. Duke? And P? Yeah, I let you know. I caught myself that made myself feel more important. So Is that what it is? Yeah. I love it. I yeah. like the P. <laughs> yeah, you caught my attention when I was on IG and I said, hey, this dude has a blue check next to his name and I don't. Yeah, and, and an initial. And an initial. Yeah, but you're getting your blue check. It's 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 well deserved. And like like I overdue. could be Dustin R. Owen. Right? It or sounds I, more important. I once thought if I wrote a book, I'd be D, and my middle name is Ryan, but instead of Ryan, I'd want Ryan, like Ryan Sandberg, the, the baseball player, the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame baseball player. I'm like, I could be D-Ryan Owen, or I thought about what if I just came out and said, I'm the motherfucking D-O. Yeah, you could do that. That one too? Yeah. Jason's going to bleep with that one out yeah. on YouTube, probably. But D-Ryan D Owen is, is kind of short for like like. Duh, or like duh, oh. you know what I mean? Like D, like this is D guy. D, I mean? yeah. So yeah. when I, when I write a book, if I write a book, when 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 mm-hmm. when I write a book, we're gonna title it "Sell Like a Stripper" because I've already talked about that, <laughs> and it's gonna be written in my pen name. Yeah. But today's episode is about you, Austin P. Duke. So former NFL football player. Yeah. That's cool as shit, yep. right? It's awesome. And I pulled your production like mm-hmm. before you even came. I'm like, hey, I want to check out who this cat is. Like, you legit closed $25 million in your first full year in the business. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, Dude, that's phenomenal. So many people enter this industry and they don't make it. Right. Right? And we're in a time frame right now where there's many people who are going to be second-guessing themselves. Right. And you and I are going to be reminding these people, no, you got to just blinders on, head down, focus. The next 90 days, 120 days, it'll feel like winter. Right. It's not a time to hibernate. It is a time to survive. Right. So that you can thrive once the weather gets a little bit better. But I, I want to talk about your journey from the NFL right. into the mortgage industry. Right. We've had an ex-professional baseball player on. Right. He was awesome. You, you're, oh, Casey. That was Casey. Shout, shout out to Casey. We like a shout, shout out to Casey. Yeah, man. shout out you're to inspiration. Casey. There we go. Shout out to Casey. Bro. Now, now we have we have Austin on, so we're represented Baseball. Now we're going to represent football. Um, And and so I want to talk about that journey. And I also want to talk about, you know, things that that you're passionate about. Because you're very unique that you're taking what the defense gives you. Right. right? As an ex-wide receiver, you definitely know what that is, right? right? Press versus versus off, Off man. Yes. Talk to lingo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Am I doing a stop and go? Am I going to run a slant? Depends, right? Yeah. It depends what what you're giving me. Yeah. It'll be a slant. It'll be a slow go. If it's a hitch and go, then a stop and go. Yeah. Yeah. So so the defense is giving you, A, a community that I don't have access to, Mm -hmm. NFL football players. Right. Okay, so that probably, from talking to you offline, is one of your niches that you're trying to lean hard into. Correct. But then you also have this passion, Mm -hmm. right? Minority homeowners, first-time homebuyers, and how you can serve that community and and tie the two together because they both represent you as a professional. Right. So I want to talk about all of this, and we'll spend the next 25, 30 minutes. And along the way, our goal is to give the audience some takeaways, some tie-downs. Let's find a way to educate them, inspire them. 
if we can motivate it. them. That's solid. And if we're really lucky, we'll entertain them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully then, y'all entertain, have some laughs. Yes. And and I don't know where you're listening to Austin and I right now. If you're listening, it must mean you're on Spotify or you're on Apple or Stitcher, anywhere where you find audio versions of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Some people may be watching us on YouTube. Nice. If you're on YouTube, thank you. Please check us out, though, on Spotify and Apple. Subscribe, like, yeah. share. Give us a five-star review. If you're just listening, we'd love for you to watch us as well. Hop on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. Everything is at The Lone Officer Podcast, including our website, mm-hmm. thelonofficerpodcast.com. I got that out of the way, so yeah, JC won't give good. me shit. Yeah, that was solid. That's, I mean, you're telling them exactly what to do, how to follow up, and you're asking for it. You I'm know? asking for it. Yes, we want you to follow. We want you to like. We want you to share. Yep. All right, so let's talk about you. So you graduate from Charlotte, mm-hmm. Univers- UNC Charlotte, or AKA Charlotte. Yep, yep, there you go. Because they'll I've have, learned. they'll be on your, the Niner Nation will come for you. Niners? Yeah. The 49ers? Go Niners, yep. Are they really the 49ers? Yeah, 49ers. Okay, like 1849 or? 1949. 1949. Yeah, that's when the school was uh, officially University of North Carolina at Charlotte. Okay, so so you are a student athlete mm-hmm. at Charlotte, playing wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You then end your collegiate career. Mm-hmm. You then go to the combine. No, I did not make it to the combine. I had you a pro day. You had a pro day. Yeah, I had a pro day. So I didn't for, get to make it to the combine. For our non-American football fans. It's a big deal to get invited to the combine. Absolutely. So if you don't get invited, it sometimes is a little bit of a uh, leaves a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, always. Okay. Absolutely. But they have pro days. Pro days is when the NFL teams come to your college mm-hmm. to watch you and whoever else is really good at that sport kind of work out. Right. Yep. So you did a pro day, mm-hmm. and then the Carolina Panthers signed you after the draft as a undrafted free agent. Correct. Cool. And you got invited to their camp. Yes. Well, Very nice. I signed, I signed, so it's, it's di- a little different when getting invited to camp and actually like sign out. So I signed as a part, like, like after the draft pick signed. So like I was a part of like that. And then you had like your camp invites, pretty much all the same thing. I, I mean, well, no, but I, I, it isn't right. Like I'm learning something new. Yeah. It's one thing to be drafted. Right. But if uh, that's like the one A. Yeah. Right. The one B is to get signed as a, as a priority free agent. As a priority and free agent. And then you'll have your camp invite. Okay. Guys. But it's all for one opportunity. Yeah. So you get priority or you get, you know, I wouldn't say a special treatment, but you're just higher on their priority list. But it's all for one opportunity. So you got to make the most of it. Yeah. Like the first round draft pick has a very high priority. Right. Yeah. A seventh round draft pick has less of a priority. Right. And then all the way down the line. But all of you that are on that that team right. are fighting for 53 spots. Exactly. And I'll tell you a funny story actually with that since we want to, it's quick. Uh, but McCaffrey, when I was, we came in together. You're talking about uh, CMC. Yeah, the guy. Run CMC. Yeah, the guy. He can throw it, he can run it, he can do it all. Yeah. But we have, uh, for the Panthers, or most NFL teams, you have a, a rookie talent show where you have okay. to go up in front of the team, you have to sing, you have to do something to show your initiation or support for the team. So we're in rookie camp, and we had to go up, and we had to say our name, our school, and our signing bonus. Well, Christian McCaffrey goes up, and, I mean, Stanford, he's making $10 million, and he decides instead of singing, he decides to play the piano and sing. Um, uh, what's the song? Friends. Um, uh, lean, no, lean on me. Lean he, on he did me. Lean, lean on me, and he's singing, and he has the whole crowd rocking. Can he sing? Oh, he, he can do everything. <laughs> You can do everything. Okay. So, um, 
He and Larry Fitzgerald then, because I'm pretty sure Larry Fitzgerald's a uh, kind of Renaissance man. Yeah, I don't know Larry Fitzgerald yeah. personally. He's a little older, that's why. Yeah, yeah, he's a little yeah. older. But he's a stud too. Um, but um, so I think I either go that same day or I might go the next day. But I'm nervous because I'm like, well, my name is Austin. I come from Charlotte. Probably never heard of it. Thousand yeah. dollar signing bonus, and like I had to go twice because my song sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, that's a, that's a hard act to follow. But that was a that was for me like a reality hit of like, okay, like this is this is different. Like we're in the, we're in the big leads. Like, you know, this is this is where we're at right now. And you know, now you have to follow up not only on the field but apparently off the field as well yeah. <laughs> with this guy. So yeah, so, that's yeah. cool though. So you were yeah. in Christian McCaffrey's. Uh, Rookie class. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm not Chris McCaffrey's rookie class was in 2017 draft class. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you yeah. you yeah, yeah but, but we were, were both rookies together. Correct. Correct. You both went to camp that year yeah. fighting fighting to make the team, and if you didn't make the team, you at least make the practice team. Right. Which again, I don't know if y'all know this, but people who are on the practice squad they don't dress out on Sunday, but they are very much a part of the team, and they still get paid like right. buck twenty, buck fifty, mm-hmm. buck eighty a year to to be kind of like reserves right you practice all week you probably give the team a good, good look scout look yep. like a scout look and then you're not hope but you're there in case someone gets injured in case right. someone's not performing then you can get called up from the right. practice squad to exactly to, yep. to make it that's the idea so so that was your life mm-hmm. up until just a couple of years ago yeah up until 2020 okay so 2020 you hang up the cleats mm-hmm. put the helmet away mm-hmm and why the mortgage industry um the mortgage industry so i knew from a, a little kid i always i used to watch the hgtv channel and i would always see like homes whether that was interior decorating whether that was selling and flipping i was always drawn to that okay so as i started looking for my next career i'm sitting here like man like you know i, I want to make a lot of money i want to help people and i, I want to do something in real estate you know and, and i want to be my own boss as well i don't want to be tied down because what if football gives me a call back I need something that I can be have an asset put in my back pocket. Because um, if you don't know, if you're uh, not a top guy in football, you know, you're broke pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, if you, you know, I, I did a good job of saving the money that I didn't make, but, you know, and I lived at home with my parents as well, so I got to stack, you know, my paper. But, you know, a lot of people don't know that. Like, not everybody comes out and you're a millionaire. So understanding that, I was like, I need a way to – make money, do something that is productive and it's an asset. So I started looking on LinkedIn, learning the difference between a mortgage lender, a mortgage broker, being a realtor. I don't want to go in that space, but what about financing? Okay. Um, so I looked into that. I did my research and I was like, yeah, that's it. Like you can make, you can make six figures here year one. Mm-hmm. And if you're really good, if I just answer the phone and that was one of the things that when I was buying my house, like my re- LO never answered the phone. So I was like, if I just communicate, I could be better than 90% of the, of the LOs here. So did that and well, process that and was like, yeah, I'm about to go be a be a loan officer. So you you went out and you found your own opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Found a company that uh, was a great start for you, absolutely, because they helped train you, absolutely. But then after a while, you pivoted and and you you switched companies because you currently represent Movement, which we were talking about, which is um, I don't know if this was intentional or unintentional. Like, did you know that Movement was founded by a former NFL player? Um, like w- when you were interviewing? So yeah, so so no. Back when I first was was looking around, I actually had a friend that was telling me you need to go try Movement, but I thought it was all about like drinking a Kool Aid. I, like, I bet they drink some Kool Aid over there. They do, but it's a good Kool Aid. It's a different Kool Aid, and yeah. I thought it was like one of those like you know elevation or mega churches where everybody's just like, oh, this is so wonderful and everything. And I was just like, nah, I'm not really with that. So I didn't decide to go there. Um, and then once I actually 
heard them out, heard their movement, heard their initiative. I'm like, nah, this place is just dope. Like yeah. they, like they get it. You know, they support. They have the resources. They're they're about helping people and valuing people. And I think once I understood that, and you know, I'm very grateful of the company that I was with before. They, you know, like I told you, that's my boy. You know, like I wish them well. Like they trained me up. They taught me everything I knew when other people might not have mm-hmm. patient. So it's nothing but love. But you know, when we talk about the truth and the facts of the things is, is you know, once you reach a certain understanding or level, it's like, okay, like I see what I need now to be successful and this is the route that I need to go. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. But I wanna dive into this. I'm gonna circle back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you did your research, mm-hmm. you figured out, look, real estate's not really for me. Right. Which is funny, I've helped many people realize either real estate is for you or is not for you. Right. Real estate is, is very flexible in terms of when you're working, but you're always working. Right. And yeah, it's a lot true. of nights and a lot of weekends. And for me, I was like, I like the fact that it's make myself available nights and weekends, but I'm not working right. nights and weekends. I see, that's a big difference, yeah. I wanted to work Monday through Friday, eight to five. Right. I wanted that opportunity to coach my son's football team, right. to get my daughter to dance. I wanted to have weekends where like, I'm like, look, I don't mind answering a text or a quick 15 minute phone call, but I don't wanna go show homes for right. four hours. And I feel like I could scale it quicker. Right. And yes, I dig finance over measuring a house and trying to figure out what furniture goes in right. where, and like, it's just not what I do. Right. Um, but once you figured out that you wanted to go finance, then you found a company. Mm-hmm. How did you find that company? Cause what people need to understand about you is you've only been at this for less than three years. Right. Right. So like we've had people like you on Danielle Anderson, uh, we've had Kayla Sharp on. Okay. And I love having you all on cause you're the future of this industry. Right. Right. Your future because I'm 18 years in and I maybe have seven right. more, thir- maybe 12 more before I just start getting worn out. Right. And you're also the future because I'm guessing if you were drafted in 2017 or you were signed in 2017, you're easily 15 years younger than I am. Right. Yeah. right? So both in life and in profession, uh, but you've achieved success. If success is based on your knowledge and your, and your achievements, well, I've talked to you, so you speak like a mortgage banker, right? <laughs> so you speak mortgage, you speak right. my language, and your production is that, that I mean, it takes some people three, four, five years to fund $25 million. Right. I'm like, nah, that's what I've done in the past 12 months. Right. So how did, so I, I want, people are listening to you, I want them to learn from you. How did you choose your first employer or how did they choose you? Right, so it was a uh, LinkedIn. Um, I was really living at home with my parents, coaching at Providence Day, and uh, I was going through just doing the the quick applies, quick applies. Okay, so you were replying to job postings. Yes, okay. job, job postings. Um, and I found this startup company and I went to a startup program in school. So I really felt like I could help influence the culture there. I can help be a part of something bigger than myself. I was the second one hired. Um, so that really attracted me. So the company itself had some senior people who had left working for someone else and they started their own company. He's not even senior. I think Bryce was like maybe 27 or 28. He started with his dad. But who knew mortgage? Someone had to train you. Someone had to know yeah. mortgage better than you. Well, Bryce, is, he's, he's intelligent. That okay. Dude, that dude is smart. Okay. Smart. How long had he been doing mortgage Two years. For? Okay. Two years. So he had been doing it for two years. Yeah, and then his dad's been in it for like 30 plus years. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. He, he, he had his own company back in like okay. before the market crash. There we crashed. go. That's he, what yeah. I was going yeah, yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I was That's going senior. for. It was senior with junior. Right. And then they, they hired you in. They trained you up. 
And then eventually we know that you're at movement today. So eventually that ran its course. Right. And it was time for you to move on. Correct. Yep. Very much like Christian McCaffrey's yeah. time with the Panthers yeah. has moved on. He's now a 49er. Right. But not the 49er like you were at, at Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, no, He's no. a 49er like in San Francisco. Where, yeah, where he's where he balled out at Stanford. So, yeah. Yes, where he balled yeah. out at Stanford, where he also scored me a shit ton of fantasy football points <laughs> last night. week. Yeah, all the week. And I was, uh, I was very happy for that yeah. win that he helped bring my team. Yeah, but I got into it. I got into it, and I, and I probably did maybe 25, 25 million over the last 14 or 15 months. I just think that's okay. important to say. Um, uh, but yeah, so so did that, but I, I found him on LinkedIn, did a couple job interviews, interviewed with like banks like Wells Fargo, didn't, just did not really like it, and then learned about being a broker and a, and a lender, learned about the different things like that, but um, really just taking the knowledge of football and the discipline of football, uh, the teamwork of football, leadership, all that good stuff, and the work ethic. That's the most important part. Okay. Like at the end of the day, you gotta like there's, um, like you said, you gotta you gotta think big and then think bigger, right? So it's things that I had to um, learn, like making cold calls. Like I did not like that, so I was like, I want something more warm. So using my uh, asset that I have, my verification, and I reach out on there first. And make the connection. You know, when I first get on a phone call, you know, I try to make a connection of like, hey, you know, I've transitioned. I played with the Pens for a couple of years. I'm now transitioning to the Moors. That everybody, oh, okay, you play for. I, I thought I recognized you like that. So it's something that is different. Using yeah. it to my advantage. Yes, that's what the defense gave you. Yeah, that's what they gave me. They, they, you you had a verification. It's so funny because. You are verified, mm -hmm. but you don't have that many followers. Mm -mm. And then what I fourteen thousand. That's <laughs> that's that's. I thought you would need like a hundred k in order to be verified, right? Yeah. Yes, you're fourteen compared to my three. Oh yeah. Y'all need to step it up. Yeah. Somehow true. I'm like way behind Austin, but no. You had told me that when you are a professional athlete in an organization like the Panthers, right. that they have a PR. Um, Amy, shout out Amy. Shout out to Amy and PR, and she worked with the right people right. to make sure that that you were verified because you are a professional athlete. You do represent the organization, et cetera. But, but you took that verification and you took your story, mm -hmm. which is, hey, I've recently left playing football full time. I'm entering the civilian world as a mortgage loan originator. Right. And I'd love 15 minutes of your time. Right. You didn't like cold calling, but you're totally cool accessing everyone via Instagram. Exactly. That's so where most of all my business come from. You would follow, oh, I want to get into that. You would follow them. <laughs> yeah. They'd probably see that you're verified. Mm -hmm. They would They would then follow back. You would then send them a, 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 a direct message, a mm -hmm. DM, and things would manifest. Yep. 18 years ago, mm. I had to take what the defense was giving me. Yeah. So I was brand new to the industry. Mm -hmm. I just moved from West Palm Beach to Orlando, Florida, which is a two and a half hour drive. Mm -hmm. And my wife was pregnant with our oldest. Wow. So I would call. And back then you called because yeah. there wasn't smartphones. We didn't have social media you yet. flip phones and stuff. Not even that. Not that like, yet? Dang. No. I had like this phone I would like clip to my to my uh, belt. Is that a pager? I, oh, I did have a pager oh. in high school. But no, <laughs> no. It was actually a cell phone. I, I did get my first cell phone in 2001. And this was like 2003, mm. four-ish uh, time frame. Five. 2005 time frame. But anyhow, I um, would call people. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, my name is Dustin Owen. I work for this company. And I recently transferred mm -hmm. to Orlando because my wife's pregnant with our oldest. Say, so you were coming from a place of survival. And I had the luxury of rebuilding my business. Nice. 
Here's what I didn't say. I'm brand freaking new. I elected to move to Orlando. Right. That could have been my my story because right. that was true as well. But it sounded better right. saying I transferred because right. I did have to put in for a transfer request. Right. My company did accept that transfer request. Right. And my wife was pregnant. Right. That was not a lie. And I was rebuilding my business or I was building it. Right. Or I was building it right. because I didn't have much of a business or any business down in West Palm Beach because when, when I lived in West Palm, I worked in TV advertising. Mm -hmm. But my point being is I don't want someone to listen to you and be like, oh, well, yeah, of course Austin's doing all this business right. because you know he can drop that he's you know he's a former NFL and and he has that verification check. I'm like, no, he's looking at what what he can leverage. Exactly. Right. We've had other guests on that have had equal or even greater success without saying former NFL. Right. No, they looked at what the defense gave them. Right. You know, one of those guys was someone who used to sell cars for a living. Right. What the defense give him? One thousand past clients in the car business. Yep. That he picked up the phone and, and called every single mm -hmm. one. Hey, I helped you with your car purchase. I can help you with your home purchase. Right. Hey, I helped your friend with her car, right? Right. We all have that story. And that's what I want people to get out of this part of your interview right. is that was your story. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll even take it a month, uh, uh, a step further. For six months, that was the main reason I didn't get business was because people thought that I was just doing this as a gig until football came back or I didn't know what I was talking about because I played football. So I had coaches like from high school or people that I knew that, gave me an opportunity, but then when it came down to it, they were like, nah, I, I don't really trust this. And yeah. I did not have business for six months. I love that. I love that for two reasons. A, for every strength comes a weakness, mm -hmm. right? So, so your strength was the ability to leverage former NFL. Right. The weakness is, oh, he's a dumb football player. Exactly. Right? And then on top of that, you went six months, mm -hmm. listen to him, six months without a paycheck. Right. Didn't quit. Didn't get down on himself. I'm guessing you had bad days. Yeah. I'm guessing there's t there's days that you second-guessed yourself. Maybe not. Is that where some of your sports training came into play? Absolutely. And I, I was actually fortunate. Uh, I got a base salary, actually, because they were training up. I was the second one hired, and they were building up. It was like three or four of us in there. So we all kind of had to pitch in to help build the company. Man, don't tell people in that market that. Yeah. There well, ain't no base oh, salary hey, going no out base right salary. now. No, there's no there's base There's not. It's, it's Look, this is a tough market yeah. to get hired in if you're inexperienced. Yeah. Look. Right now, it's super easy for Austin get, to get to get hired. In fact, you have recruiters calling you yeah. every single day, yeah. right? Because you're Perfection. verified. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're not verified too. on IG. You're verified that I can pull your production. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. are verified. You yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, I like that. But until you're verified, meaning right. you have production, you have a following, you have referral sources, this market right. is going to be one of the toughest markets to have someone take a chance on you. Right. But... There's a reason why it's the toughest, because once you get in and you find that company, this is going to be the best market to build your book of yeah, business in sure. because it's not going to be easy. It's going right. to force you to get good, to get good quickly. And you're entering at a time where nobody's getting in. Right. You're entering at a time where many are getting out. Right. This is when you want to enter the business. But regardless of what the defense gives you, right. just know it's going to take you six months at a minimum. Right. With some tenacity. Right. And, and I'll tell you this, too, is like it's like... I don't beat my chest on success because it's like, I don't feel like I still have the success that I've wanted, but it's still a, a, a moving, um, a building block. So I have to respect the OGs like yourself and the people that have been in the industry for a long time and weathered it and ask those questions like, hey, what, what do I need to be doing now? 
um, you know, how did you weather this back when the market crashed in 2008? Yeah, how old were you in 2008? I was in middle school. I was okay. like 13. Yeah. So it's like, you know, looking at it from, yeah, I've had some success now, but I need to, one, continue that. And how do I continue that? Um, and two, what are some of the advice, what's some advice that I can get from you or from the other OGs that's been in this with respect to that is how do I weather this? How do I become better? And it's just simple things like calling, following up, doing what you say you can, things like that. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, um, it's definitely beneficial and verified now to be able to say like, I've done it. Mm -hmm. Like once you have the confidence to say like, I've done it, that definitely helps you uh, a lot. Let's talk about this. Cause people that were once they find out and learn your story, you moved from Charlotte to Miami. Yeah. As a 100% commission loan officer. Yeah. How's that transition been? What what went well and what did you not expect to happen that maybe didn't go well? Um, well, first of all, everybody speaks Spanish. <laughs> okay, well that's Miami specific. <laughs> Down here in Miami. Okay. Everybody speaks Spanish. Um, but really I never left Charlotte. You know, outside okay. of football. So I never left Charlotte. So understanding and embracing different um, you know, putting your back, purposely putting your back up against the wall and saying, hey, either you, 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 you fight or flight. Um, and that's when you have your back against the wall like that and you give yourself no other, you burn the ships, that's what we call it, you burn the ships. And you say, I'm going to be successful. Um, and I'm still working towards that. Like there's still challenges that I face. Um, but making sure that I have the right people supporting me and, you know, I have it to the point now where it's like, there's no excuse. Like if I'm not successful, it's on me. But it's no excuse. Are you still doing loans in Charlotte? And Absolutely. Are you, and are you also doing loans in Miami? Yeah, yeah. So my Charlotte is my pipeline. Like okay. That's that's my. You know, I still go back and forth and visit because it's like I need to continue my realtor partnerships. I need to continue my client relationships and really leverage that. So those I people still work with you? Absolutely. Regardless if you're 900 miles away? Absolutely. Because awesome. I'll hop on a plane and I, I'll go back. I'll okay. hop on a phone call. I'm always, like you said earlier, I'm available. Yeah. So yeah. Have you been able to establish yourself in Miami yet? Like, are you having Miami realtors start to, to trust you and send you business? Or is yeah. that taking longer than you anticipated? Well, I, never, I didn't put expectations on it, Okay. you know, and the few people that I've already closed deals with here, I really lean on them to see, hey, how can I assist you? How can I be of service? What can I do? And then now um, more so establishing myself, humbling myself again, asking for the business, letting them know, like, hey, what, how can I help you? How can I assist you? Not just send me this deal. It's a transaction. It's, it's about building relationships and that takes time. You know, I want people to organically trust me and um, whether that's me taking them out to a meeting or lunch or, you know, just ask for an opportunity on Zoom or whatever the case is, it's just humbling yourself and asking for that business and seeing how you can help enhance their business as an asset and not just, I moved here, give me business. I'm in a league, give me business. You know, it's, it's humbling yourself. What did you do your first year, your first 12 months in the business that has made you, has, has gotten you to where you are today? Being genuine. Okay. Being genuine. Um, not making it about the transaction. Sometimes we can get so caught up in, you know, making the deal. I think doing what I say I can do and then being genuine with my advice and educating my clients and my realtors, um, taking accountability. If I mess something up, hey, that's on me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I messed this up. I didn't lock this rate in. I didn't, um, you know, I didn't do what I needed to do. I apologize. Like, that's on me. I'm going to do whatever I can to make it right. I think that's the athlete in you. Because you more than me, right. but me at a very small scale growing up playing sports your whole life, you learn quickly from some of the best coaches. There's only one answer. Coach, I screwed up. That's it. Yep. Like you, you weren't given any other answer. Right. And if you try to give an answer other than coach, I screwed up, you pay dearly for right. it. Right. 
So we learned early on, we probably take, take that for granted. We right. take for granted, like to us, it's just normal to see I screwed up. Right. Where, you know, it makes it easy for us in business because our clients and referral sources respect that. Right. Because then it's a matter of what do I do exactly after I screw up? That's where you have the chance to impress. Exactly. That's where they judge you. Yeah. They don't judge you on the transaction going smoothly. Right. They judge you on how do they react when it doesn't go smoothly. Exactly. How do they handle that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like huge. hearing that. Yeah, no, that's, that's huge. And it, and I had to actually learn, because you know how team captains are. You're the best one on the team. You take responsibility for everything. Well, I had to learn, if title did something, you don't need to say, hey, I screwed that up. No, like, hey, we're still waiting for title to get us title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're still waiting on the appraiser to go back out. You can't take re responsibility for things that you genuinely didn't do. But if you did Facts. do something, you know, explain that and raise your hand and say, hey, you know, I screwed that up. And it's just monetary. You know, it's I've given up. Um, within guidelines, my commissions to help make something mm -hmm. better, you know? So, um, you know, just I, I've always that. said, if I can throw money at it to fix it, it's not right. a problem. Right. If I throw money at it, I fix it and I don't learn from it. It's a problem. It's a problem. And if it burns a relationship, it's a problem. Yeah. Right. Cause I can't, I can't go buy relationships. Right. But yeah, I can throw a $500 lender credit. Exactly. At at, because my closer forgot, it's a true story. Mm -hmm. Closer forgot to redisclose mm. a CD mm -hmm. after the buyer last minute decided, ah, you know what? I don't want to pay points. I want to take the higher interest rate. Right. And all of a sudden it gets redisclosed two days later. Now, because of trade, we're not going right. to close on time. Sellers pissed, buyers pissed. Right. My closer, she raised her hand and said, yeah, I just missed this. Right. I'm like, well, how do I make it better? Right. Cause I can't undo trade. Right. But what I can say is, hey, seller, we're gonna pay five or two hundred fifty bucks of your closing cost. Buyer, I'm gonna pay two hundred fifty dollars of your closing cost. Right. And for five hundred dollars, everybody understood that there's a human involved who made an error. Right. We did our best to make it right, and we all move on. Right. And by the exactly. way, the file's closing Friday and not Thursday. Right. I mean, it's not. It wasn't like totally dead. You save a little money on interest on uh, prepaid interest. Oh, prepaid interest. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I try to throw that. <laughs> I try to, oh, I try to throw that in Always a salesman. Always yeah. a salesman. So besides being genuine, anything like blocking and tackling wise that you did early on that you're like, yes, anyone who's entering this business mm -hmm. coming from a different industry, you need to, whether it's a mindset or whether it's actual like tangible tasks that you performed in those first 12 months that you look back and say, that was a, a, a high use of my time. Right. Um, Saying yes to everything, saying yes to meetings, saying yes to going out and meeting people, uh, making phone calls, just having activity. I think that's the biggest thing, whether that's sending out Instagram messages, whether that's um, going to events, just whatever it is, just ramp up your activity and don't be afraid to ask for the business. There you go. So many times people forget to close and they're just like, well, yeah, I mean, if you need anything, you know, I'll be around. No, be intentional. Like, hey, give me your next opportunity. If I suck, hey, don't ever use me again. Yeah. But give me one opportunity to let me prove myself. And you, if you're really confident, you know you're going to do really well, then it's like, but I know I'm not going to suck, so let's get ready to be partners. That's one of my scripts. You know, close it. That is one of my scripts. In fact, I always ask for two. I'd always I'm like, look, Austin, I'm here because I want to get to know you because mm -hmm. I want the chance to work with you. Don't take my word for it. I think I'm good, but don't right. take my word for it. Let me audition. Anyone can do a good job once. Let me do a great mm -hmm. job twice. Can I count on you to refer me your next two clients? I like that. Your next two buyers. Let me audition. If I'm no good, you tell me I'm no good and I will right. leave you alone. Right. My thought is you'll realize 
that after I do a great job twice, I'm worth having at least on your bench. I like that. At least on your bench. Right. Look, I want to be your starter, but if I got to be your backup, I'll be right. your backup. Put me on your bench. Yeah. But I always ask, can I count on you? Right. Can I, I that. Yeah, can I count on you? And I ask for two. Right. Because I'm greedy, I guess. Yeah, no, that's cool. But but your advice is spot on. Right. He or she with the most activity will win. Yeah. It's, it's what Kayla said. Kayla Sharp's up in Jacksonville, Florida, and she does like 30 million a year. She's in her third year in the business. That's and like, amazing. what does she do? She doesn't miss networking opportunities. Nice. Network, network, network. And wherever she goes, people knows, know, they know what she does for a living. Right. Like her name badge is on the the whole nine, where you put it in a different word, but same exact right. concept, which is you're like, you're always active. Right. You're always out there, whether it's attending a networking function, whether it's laying on your couch and, right. and following a hundred people, in hopes that 40 follow you back and of those 40, you connect with all of them through a DM. Right. And hopefully that 40 leads you to 10 meetings. Right. 10 meetings could lead you to two long-term referral exactly. sources. It's a numbers game at that. Yeah. And make friends with realtors and financial advisors. Like genuinely make friends and uh, people do business with people they like. So make friends with them and don't don't get caught up in those realtors that's just for show, that, that swear up and down their, you know, 50 or 60 million dollar producers but then you go and you look up their production it's like verify them right verify and don't don't be discouraged by that because yeah. you got a lot that just show and act like they're like just don't be discouraged so discouraged. what are your long-term goals long-term in the industry yeah in the industry uh, i want to niche niche in my professional athlete clients um niche in first-time home buyers and in the black community and then also niche in charlotte and miami if i can do that i mean i can you know, that's, that's servicing and that's also having a good time with people that trust me and make a lot of money from that. So, you know, tangible, that's the next year, that's the next five years, next 10 years, and it's always an asset to have to, to build up a business. Yeah, and it's funny, you say niche, and I would come in maybe a little bit more seasoned and polished and say, hey, affinity. You want an affinity relationship with the NFL players yeah. union. Yep. That's what you want. Love that. Like, let's put words to it, an affinity relationship, because there's other people who they may want an affinity relationship with FedEx because they live in Memphis. Right. Or they want an affinity relationship with Advent Health because they're in Central Florida. Right. Right. There's every market has, especially the major markets, they have some employer where why can't we go in there and be their go-to right. for anything that's housing, finance, mortgage related. Right. We don't have to be their realtor or their financial advisor, but we can be the person that connects them to the best financial right. advisors and the best realtors. Yep. And then you also want to give back right. to to your community, whether mm -hmm. it's Charlotte, whether it's Miami, or more there, whether it's more granular, which you're like, no, I want to focus on increasing homeownership in the black community, which is the most underserved community, right. underserved in terms of like percentage of black households that are homeowners. Right. So like, how do we do that as an industry? But you're saying, how do I do that as a professional right. in an industry? Because industry is trying to solve for it, right? right? Like I talk about my friend, Brian Young over at Home Lending Pal or uh, getting to know Christy Ferco with Wells Fargo and being a part of the Mortgage Bankers Association. Like that's a huge initiative. And you're raising your hand high saying, I wanna be a part of that. Exactly. And you possibly, one of the reasons why you joined the company you're with is because they have a special program, do right. they not? Yeah, they do. What so is it, that? It's uh, Grab the Key. Okay. Grab the Key Initiative. And um, you can check that out on YouTube as well. But it's just it's just more so being intentional and putting your money where your mouth is. Um, and that's what they do. Um, the best that we can to go out and spark and motivate home ownership and not just talk about it, but you're, and especially Casey, I mean, Casey's a white male. 
you know, in America. And it's like, he doesn't have to do that. Like, he can go off. And like I told him when I first met him, like, dude, like, I thought you were going to be like this CEO. Like, I'm untouchable. But the first thing he does is he treats everybody like somebody. Yeah. You know, and just is so respectable for a company that's valued, you know, 600 million or however much they're worth. But just what his intentions are, what he stands for, and then obviously the football background, understanding that. But when you meet somebody that's genuine, they, they have a running joke where they, they believe that if, if God had a son other than Jesus, it would be Casey. Oh. <laughs> because he's just so genuine. Yeah. And, you know, you know privately owned company, he gives back to um, his, his, the foundation. The foundation has like $49 million. They want to build 100 charter schools yes. in underdeveloped areas. Like, it's like, man, why, like that gives you something to – to not just work for, but you want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. And that's how we're taught in football when you're around good coaches and a good culture is, yeah, your your talents aren't just for show. Like you, it's your job to serve the community and serve the people, um, you know, that, that work for you, that work with you, servant leadership. Um, so are you thinking about doing like special presentations or, or various educational workshops? Oh are you already doing that? Yeah, yeah so we're doing that. So I, I can, Go on a tangent sometimes. So that's what I'm passionate. So, so the Grab the Key initiative is yeah. to help spark and motivate that. So, what we're doing is we're hitting, um, we're hitting cities. Uh, I know we were just, I believe, in, in Memphis, but we're yes. planning one in Miami um, to pretty much team up with minority realtors um, and other influential people in the city to help. Is mine? I'm so sorry. Is minority Black, Hispanic, as well as Asian, or is it primarily Black Hispanic, or is it primarily primarily Black? Do you know? Um, I don't know. Okay. I just know minority. Yes. Minority. And I mean, the, the Hispanic market is probably one of the fastest growing. Yeah. Uh, market in well in all of the U.S., especially for those of us that originate loans in Florida full time. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I was just curious when you're in Miami because of the the very heavy. Right. Cuban as well as South American influence. Right. Um, I just didn't know if it was. Yeah, it's. I, I just know it's black and brown. Okay. You know, but any anybody, you know, minority labeled type yep. deal. So um, to have that initiative, you know, it's it's um, going out, having events, um, and pretty much just inviting people out in the community, whether that's realtors, whether that's first time home buyers, whoever it is that has a voice and and can encourage the minority community. Um, and, and really taking on that, uh, not taking on, but uh, acknowledging that the minority community is 10 times behind, mm -hmm. um, you know, white America because of uh, because of legal laws back mm -hmm. in the 60s. Yeah. Like it was it was legal law. So to understand that and to acknowledge that and to then, then to go and put in an initiative to help um, move that forward. That's what I respect about it. Um, so it's like seven thousand dollars in closing costs. You can. Um, you know, you can buy a property of 300,000, you know, nice properties, um, not anything that's like stipulate or anything, but nice properties and to help you accomplish home ownership. Yeah. Like how else want to be in today's market? All you need is your down payment, right? Yeah, like, Hey, all, you need, all cool. you need is down payment, especially in a market where right now you could probably get the seller to contribute towards closing costs. Right. You get companies like yours to contribute seven grand towards closing right. costs. Now, all of a sudden you can go to someone and be like, look, what's first month, last month in, in security deposit. Right. Because that very well could be six or seven grand. Right. And I'm like, well, if you can come up with nine or 10 grand, I can get you into a house right. that you own for about the same thing that first month, last month security deposit. And if you try to parlay that around February 15th uh, to, to March 31st when income tax refund checks come out. Yeah, that could be very helpful. Yeah, then it could be very, very helpful. helpful, especially because I love this about you, Austin, is you were telling me off, off camera how – 
you know, for so many people, it's like, it's the payment. Can you afford right. the payment? Can you afford the maintenance? Right. You know, we were talking about how you marry, yep. the, you, you marry the house. You don't marry the, the rate. Right. Right. Because ultimately you're going to help someone get into a house today that they can afford. And then in a year or two, you're going to make the house more affordable exactly. for them because it's expected rates will come down. It's expected that the person will still qualify. Right. And when they still qualify and when rates come down, you can save them two, 300 bucks a month with right. refinance, at which point now you can have conversations with them. What are you going to do with that two or 300 bucks? Right. Because do you have a financial advisor? Are you contributing to your 401k? Right. Do you know what an IRA is? Yep. All of a sudden, as a loan officer, and I don't know mm -hmm. if you know this about what you do for a living, you can change lives. Mm -hmm. It starts with the house. Right. Because home ownership is the number one and number two way for someone to generate wealth, exactly. generational wealth. Right. But then if they have a really good loan officer such as yourself in their back pocket, teaching them and just pointing them in the right direction. Hey, you should look into a 401k. I'm going to save you 300 bucks a month. You should use that 300 bucks a month to, to, to establish a six month reserve. Right. Cause maybe you recognize that, wait a minute, you're kind of living paycheck to pay paycheck, homie. Right. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get you like 12 to 15 grand in a savings account. So that way when life throws you a curveball, right. you got the money. Right. And these are things as loan officers that we can do. Right. And then you're saying, and I can capture people in the very beginning yep. by being a part of these educational programs by being a part of a company who gives $7,000 towards closing costs. And you start by changing one person, mm -hmm. then they have children. Right. And their children grow up way different than they did. Right. Why? Because they grew up in a house that mom and dad yeah. owned. Yeah. Right? That, that and all of a sudden, mom and dad learned some things along the way, and the, the, the conversations they're having at the dinner table are way different. Yep than the conversations your clients had at mm -hmm. the dinner table. Because they're educated. They're yeah, educated. And 18 years later, now you're a salty old veteran, <laughs> but that you're a salty old veteran who's done five loans for this right. family, and now you're doing loans for their kids. Right. And that's the most important part. I was telling you earlier, too, it's the trust factor. That's it. It's it's just they, gotta, they have to trust you. And if they trust you, then you can have those conversations. You can be a part of their life. I still, like all of my clients, I can call any one of my clients right now and check in. Yeah. For this, and for you their should, birthday. By the way. Yeah, whether it's for their birthday or hey, how how the kids going? Oh, I just saw she had a birthday. Um, you know, I can I can have that conversation because it wasn't transactional. Yes. It was like, yo, like I really care. Sometimes more than I needed to, yes. but it was like I really care because I hear the and 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 in in the black community, you don't talk about finances. You know, and I've heard some of my some of my white friends too, they're like, Well, we didn't have these conversations either. But it's like in the black community, like you do not talk about finances. Like that's just not a thing. And, you know, so what we call it undress somebody financially, they gotta show you their pay stubs, their bank account, they gotta show you all this different stuff. And that takes a lot of trust. Mm -hmm. And so vulnerable. It's vulnerable. It's very vulnerable. And it may be like that for other people as well. Yeah. But I just know for 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 in our community, yeah. it's like that's just mm -hmm. not something that you know, that's just not something that you do. Like, yeah. I still don't know how much my, my parents, mom, how much money my parents made when I was growing up. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah, just it's like, like you don't show your emotions. You don't cry. And, and we don't talk about money. And we don't talk about money. And, and I'm like, how do we change all three of those? It's OK to cry. Let's talk about our feelings. Right. Right. And yes, let's talk about our money. Because for me, like, and I grew up in an awesome household. Right. Mom and dad are still today married 51 years. Nice. And I think That's everyone amazing. should want to have a marriage like That's this. That's amazing. But at the end of the day, like, like my father, very blue collar. Mm -hmm. My wife, my, my wife, my mom, <laughs> very blue collar. Um, they didn't grow up in a household where, where finance was taught, where, right. where sales and marketing and advertising and ROI was just discussed. 
So I grew up wanting that. So right. I, I became the professional I became because I craved that knowledge and I personally wanted right. to, to bestow it on others. Right. Now my children, no, they are what you call privileged. Right. And and I would say they're less privileged because dad makes a bunch of money. They're privileged because dad, since they were four, has not let them walk away from the dinner table without having some financial life mm. lesson shoved down their throat. Right. Like I don't give them a choice. Right. My four-year-old wanted a lemonade stand and we started talking about cost of goods sold then. Right. Like literally, he went to lemonade stand. We talked about sales and marketing activity that had to be done the Friday night before right. the Saturday lemonade stand. Right. And yes, that may be overkill, right? Yes. Right. I may be like, um, who who are the 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 siblings that are like now all in the NFL? Dad, the the, the Saint Saint Ramen, um, oh Amon Amon Saint Saint Brown Saint Brown. Oh, I don't know them. <laughs> JC's in the Amon, background saying, "Yes, you do." I know. Yeah. I mean, was Saint was Saint Brown the one that caught? Uh, I think he caught out like Deami Brown or something last. They, I, well, I maybe. So it's, it's, it's three siblings, uh, all boys. Dad was hardcore mm -hmm. with them at like age four. Like I think Dad even found like the perfect bride, like this six foot six, um, you know, uh, German lady who was like a power lifter oh, okay. and a supermodel. And he was like a, a lifter and an ex, probably right. like track track star in high school. They had these three kids that were homeschooled. They were up at 4 a.m. Oh, doing wow. calisthenics and weights. He then had them learning three different languages. He then had them learning four different um, uh, uh, instruments. Yeah, he has been to like a whole 30 for 30 on them. That's insane. But two of them are in the league and like borderline pro bowlers. Wow. Yeah, and they all have like these very fancy names that he gave them. So anyhow, That's so I didn't mean to digress on that. What I was getting at is more my poor children. I was actually, my poor children <laughs> yeah. have had a very minor version of that, but because of that, I think they're gonna be privileged because right. at 15 and, and 17, they know more about personal finance and about how right. businesses operate and function right. because I haven't given them any other choice. Right. Whereas, you know, you're saying growing up, especially in the black community, like that, those conversations aren't had. Right. And it, it starts with you. Right. It starts with me. It starts with, with Brian Young over at Home Lending Pal. It's like, right. what can we do to take our knowledge and start passing it down to the 15-year-olds, the 20-year-olds, the 25-year-olds? Right. 25 right. So that, you know, it, it was it like it takes um, uh, every, drop, it take, uh, every drop in the bucket fills the bucket or, you know, it's one drop at a time. Right. You know, one, one drop at a time. So I love the fact that you're passionate about that. Because uh, it is education, something I'm passionate it about. It is, and and teaching people everything that wasn't taught in high school is the premise of this show. Right, and it stems from someone who grew up grew up very privileged in a great family, you know, very middle class right. America, but without people talking about finance. We right. didn't talk about the only lesson I got on finance was my dad one day was mad at my mom. And he said, rawr, 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 goddamn credit cards, rawr, 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 your mom. <laughs> and that was like the extent of it, you know, like, yeah. okay, credit cards are bad, I guess. Right. You know, and my mom must spend too much money. Like right. I was probably 13 years old. Right. And his Chevy S10, he was driving me to baseball practice uh, where he coached. So like I was privileged because yes, my dad drove me to practice and coached and me. And coached, yeah, same. Uh, but he didn't teach me shit about personal finance right. or about how to run a business. So I make sure anytime I get an opportunity for people who are engaged. Right. We, we should be teaching that. Right. You, I think you teased me. You said you're going to, are you going to do an event 
with Luther Campbell, with Uncle Luke in Miami? Oh, no, no. <laughs> or, or you were just a part of a conversation where his organization was going to do some education. Your organization was Yeah, good. I've never met Uncle Luke. I just saw, I got to see him walk by. Because if you I never can hook a kid up, I would greatly appreciate. <laughs> no, no, I'm not hooked up like that. Okay. I'm not hooked up like that. Yeah, All right. No, no. But he's he's doing big things in Miami. He's he's passionate about home ownership. Um, I want some some royalties for this shout out, Uncle Luke. If you yeah. ever hear this, but now nah, he's just hearing about it. Uh, he's he has some big things that he's passionate about in the homeowner space in, in Miami as well. So that's all I know about it. I, I don't I'm not doing any events or anything like that. So hey, I don't want to. JC, when he sits roll. in that seat, if you put it out there, <laughs> if we put it out there, it'll happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have any last minute comments? Any any last minute suggestions? or motivation for, for the audience before we wrap it up? Yeah, I have a lot. I have a <laughs> lot, man. It's, uh, I wish we had more time. This was an awesome conversation. But just um, just educate yourself. Really, really educate yourself. Uh, if you really are passionate about something or you're motivated by something, go out and do it. Don't let anybody tell you no. Um, success is what you do. You know, how, whatever you, you aim for, that's what you're going to get. Whatever work you put in, that's what you're going to get. And you have to go out and get it. And don't be afraid to make the moves that best serve you and put you and your family in a better position. Um, and I don't have all the answers. You never will have all the answers. You'll never have all the answers. I'll never have all the answers. So humble yourself and be a sponge and continue learning like you haven't learned anything before. Um, so I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. And, you know, once we have our Grab the Key event in Miami, make sure you come out. Invite me. Yeah, I'll invite you. Yeah, yep. invite me. I'd love to come. Cool. I'll invite you. And, um, yeah, I just I love what, what movement stands for. I love what we're about. Value people. Serve people. And uh, that's the most important part. So, Can we somehow tie that – that um, it's the, the key initiative? What's it? Uh, grab the key. Grab the key. Initiative. Initiative. Correct. And you're going to do a big event in mm -hmm. Miami. Mm-hmm. So it's no, it's a TBD date. TBD date should be like March. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be, yeah, it'd be, it'd be like Q1 of next year. We're still planning it, yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah. I would love to come because I, what I was going to ask you is, can we somehow speak to the powers that be mm -hmm. about doing it around fishing season? When's fishing season? Well, when you're living in, in Miami, it's just about year round. Okay. But in March, the dolphin really start running. Oh yeah. And if you've never gone offshore fishing. For some mahi mahi, some wahoo, yeah, maybe maybe get a, a occasional uh, sailfish. Mm -hmm. It'd be a phenomenal. Oh, that's time. awesome! Yeah, I'm, and I'm new to moving, so I don't want to I don't want to speak out of turn. But yeah, I mean, well, if, you and I can still go. Fishing. Yeah, yeah, we can still go. We can still go. Yeah. But if we, yeah, let's yeah. do it. Okay. We can do that. But yeah, I'll you introduce and I can still you. go fishing. Yeah, yeah, that's, yes. that's cool. But if 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 it would benefit having T lop down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell Casey and look, I will. <laughs> I will leave my Waterstone Mortgage name tag yeah, yeah. in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. I will come down. I will represent T-Lop. You won't hear a word about, about Waterstone. Yeah, yeah. Montel, uh, Wendell, uh, Casey. Yeah, ho hopefully all of them can come down. They're, they're great guys, seriously. So. Yeah, no, Casey is yeah. someone that I've, I've wanted to have on the show since we launched it two and a half years ago. Oh, you you being for a treat. Yep, yeah. So, um, you know, one day I'm sure we'll get a chance to sit down like this. Yeah. But in the meantime, if people want to get a hold of you, Austin, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, you can hit my cell phone, 704-605. call me on my cell phone. 704-605-2323. Say it again. 704-605-2323. Okay. And then uh, my email address as well, uh, movement.com. But if you know this, you know nobody reads emails. So that's like the fourth or fifth line of where you should reach somebody at. It should be phone call first, or no, face-to-face, -face, 
phone call, maybe a text and an email, something like that. Interesting. Well, yeah. I'm a boomer, as my kids tell me. Really, I'm not. I was, you know, I'm only 43 years old. So yeah. it puts me like close to being a millennial. But my kids call me a boomer, and um, I live on email. Oh, I yeah. live on email, but I do check my text messages throughout the day. I have all of my my alerts and notifications turned off. Yeah, yeah. Have to, because if not, I'll be distracted and get nothing done. Yeah. Uh, so I guess for me, I'll tell someone like, "Hey, look, well, for the show at LinkedIn. LinkedIn's yeah. my jam." But for you, why not Austin P. Duke on IG? Yeah, I, it is. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. I oh, forgot about You gave everyone your phone number. Forgot you gave them that. your email address. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't tell See, them you Austin learn from the OGs. P. Duke on IG. Austin P. Duke on IG. Yep. Look, I am at the Lone Officer Podcast on everything. TikTok, yep. Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram especially. Yeah. The best way to get a hold of me, Dustin on the individual, is on LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn's my jam. It wasn't until the show started. Mm -hmm. And then I needed a platform. And I just said, you know what? I'm not really using LinkedIn for anything. Let's just use LinkedIn as my way to communicate. Right. And it has worked wonders. So for that, I tell everybody, look, Dustin Owen on LinkedIn, there's not that many of us. Yep. And when you go and you see my page, you'll know, oh, yeah, that's the guy from the podcast. Uh, but IG is a good way, too. Yep. But more importantly, thank you. No, thank this you. This was fun. This was fun. Absolutely. I appreciate having a guest on, um, especially the future of the mortgage industry. I appreciate that. You man. know, and and one of the people who's going to be solely responsible for for changing home ownership in Black America, which I love. Hopefully, hopefully, no, not yeah. hopefully. We put it out that you're yeah. going to do it. Yeah, we'll do it. We're doing yeah. one person at a time. One but, person. But you're, at a time. you're the OG, and and people they hear about you, know about you, and they respect what you say in this industry. They talk about, hey, that's the loan podcast guy. Like, yeah. hey, did you hear about the loan podcast guy talk about interest rates? So you're 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 vetted, and uh, we appreciate you. And shout out to Alton. That's my guy. Okay. That's Alton. Hey, shout out Alton. He's a huge fan. Hey, sorry you couldn't make the trip up here. Yep, he's a huge fan. He'll appreciate that. Awesome. But shout out Alton and, and Yusuf and Chris and, and Federico. That's my team well, that's your part crew. of that team yeah yeah, yeah. That, yeah I'm, I'm part of their crew yes now, but they've opened me open arms and yeah they're awesome so awesome well so, austin yeah. thank you so much for your time that is all the time we have